Hello there, rad people. This is a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. For this episode, I chatted with Marvin Eloquin from Dynasty Nerds, the Fantasy Footballers, and Yahoo. Marvin and I talked about so many topics, including football on Saturdays, his support system, the biggest hurdle in putting out content, what he'd like to write about if he wasn't writing about fantasy football, not growing up in America but becoming a Packers fan, and much more. Please follow Marvin on Twitter at ff underscore Marvin E. Follow me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem and the podcast at Get real underscore pod this podcast is a proud member of the dap network this episode of get real with casey Kasem is brought to you by my rad patrons on patreon you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash casey Kasem. a big thanks to everyone who listens to the podcast as well without you i wouldn't i wouldn't have anybody to listen to this so i really appreciate every single one of you all right now with that out of the way here's marvin eloquin on get real with casey Kasem. one of these days one of these days, <laughs> one of these days, my computer is going to work, but okay, we're going to go ahead and get started with this new episode. I mean, one of my favorite people in the space is a guy that we're going to be talking to tonight and Marvin Eloquin. Say hi to the people out there. Hey, 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 everyone. Uh, thanks for having me, Casey. I know you've had some awesome people on here, so I'm just excited to be here and uh, have a good time here for the next hour. Excellent. Excellent. Um. I know you because we got on with the fantasy footballers at the same time, and we'll talk yep. about that. But what I want to know first and foremost is how did you get started playing fantasy football in the first place? Yeah, uh, I love that question. It goes back to, I think, the it's been over 10 years at this point, about 10 years, actually. Uh, I started playing college, uh, college football, fantasy football with people that I know from college. And they, um, you know, before that, I was. Uh, somewhat of a football fan. Um, uh, it's a longer story. I didn't really grow up here in, in America. So football wasn't around my life when I was younger. And so um, when I really started to get into it was, was when I met my my now wife. Um, she's an avid Packers fan. Her whole family, they're all a bunch of Packers fans. So I've, I've watched games like early on when we started dating and things like that. And, and you know, things like that, you'd watch football games. But it wasn't really until I got to college when I met some friends who were really into fantasy football that they asked me to join a league and I had no idea what I was doing as a one quarterback league. Uh, I'm pretty sure I drafted Peyton Manning with my first pick, not knowing anything about late quarterback strategy and all that fun <laughs> stuff. And um, it was actually pretty fun. I, I remember that that was the, the my first league and it was, I, I went pretty much undefeated after one loss in, in week one. I thought this is going to be easy. This is it, man. I'm going to do this every year. And boy, was I in for, a rude awakening when not every season is that good. So it was my first season. It was super fun. Had uh, a couple of fun players in there with like DeMarco Murray. I'm pretty sure as a Cowboys fan, you probably remember that really awesome season he had. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, uh, he was my pick that year. Um, Jordy Nelson, a bunch of fun players. And, um, you know, that really got me into it. And from there, it just kind of went into different formats, different leagues, and it's been fun ever since. Yeah, and you love to see you love to see somebody stumble across it like that with friends yeah. want you to play and yeah. and it turns into something bigger. And so you said you didn't grow up here. You didn't grow up in the United States. So what is the childhood of Marvin look like? Like, how did you <laughs> what what exactly was your life like when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. So I I grew up in, in Austria. That's that's where I was uh, where I've lived most of my life. Uh, my parents moved there a long time ago, and and I was essentially there for most of my life. And and um, 
they, you know, they were there for work. So that's where I, you know, went to, to grade school pretty much. That's where I graduated high school. Um, and it was actually then I went to an American school. So I actually got a glimpse of what football was like because <laughs> a lot of them were like uh, teachers that were, were going abroad to, uh, to teach, right? They graduated, they, they have their, uh, their teaching degree, they wanted to uh, teach abroad. And so a lot of them were football fans. And so I got a glimpse of that a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, for for most of my life, I was actually surrounded by the American culture, all that. Um, so when I moved here, I moved here mainly for school, um, came here, um, already knew my my now wife then. Uh, we were still dating at that time. And and so when we when I moved here to, to be closer to her, when she moved back as well, it's... Um, it just kind of made sense to stay here um, for mm-hmm. for many reasons. She has family in the Midwest, and that's where I'm at here in Minnesota. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, ever since that's moving here was really the what got me into football. But it wasn't really that uh, big of a deal for me growing up. It was mostly like soccer and basketball that, that I was, um, you know, surrounded by. And did you play any sports um, when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah, a lot of basketball. I was a huge basketball fan, and and still am. Um, never really played fancy basketball. I feel like that's another beast in and of itself. So I'm not, I don't know if I ever want to try that. I feel like fancy football is enough right now. Uh, but love basketball growing up, played a little bit of soccer too through high school and that was fun. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's always been those sports, but fancy football and football is, is kind of a different obsession now for me. So it's, it's fun. And being a Packers fan, are you a Packers fan because of your wife or is there a reason that you're a Packers fan? It, mainly that, mainly that. And it um, was around the time when um, they won the Super Bowl, you know, the last time they won the Super Bowl. And so uh, obviously when you, you get a taste of that and, and watching that, it, it's like, oh man, this is super fun. You know, you're rooting for a team that's winning. Obviously this year's a little different. So, you know, we can talk <laughs> about that too. Uh, but that's really how it gets started. And and that's where, you know, I've got into watching uh, games every Sunday, every, you know, every Thursday when they're on Monday night and all that stuff. And you really get into that and you root for those players, right? Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's where it was mostly contained to Packers games. And, and uh, that's obviously changed since. Uh, but it was a great intro to, you know, obviously watching them win the Super Bowl is always, is, is always fun. So um, that was a great uh, start to my fandom. You brought up all the days with football. And I know this is evergreen, so I don't know when people are listening to this, but it's about mm-hmm. to be time for Saturdays to also have football, yeah. NFL football. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, how do you, uh, do you have to adjust anything with how you go about fantasy playing fantasy football when they add in a Saturday game as, or games as well? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I try to try to catch as many games as I can. Like, honestly though, um, with, with the way things are right now, like in season, like writing and all that, fun, all that good stuff. Um, Saturday tends to be like my day to kind of relax and not have to think about football. Yeah. So when they throw in football too, it's hard not to uh, to pay attention to watch a couple of games and, and every now and then. And you know, I just try to keep it casual, not try to worry about my roster all too much. But you know, now you know, whenever, regardless of when people listen to this, it's the fantasy playoffs, and so uh, you know, I'm I'm paying attention to those games. So it's it definitely changes things. I, I'm definitely a little probably a little more tense on Saturdays, just trying to. Hope my guys score a lot of points, but um, yeah, it's uh, of course they had to add in Saturday games too, just to <laughs> add another uh, day of of stress for us. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in real quick because I knew I'd forget if I didn't bring it up, and you had brought up the other days, and I was like, "Hey, Saturday!" Yeah, I wanted to bring yeah. that up. But so with, I want to go back to 
getting involved in playing fantasy football and you said mm -hmm. that you kind of started joining more di seeing different formats and all of that mm -hmm. so i'm guessing the first league that you were ever in was a redraft league are you yeah. still in that league i am it, it's like a variation of it it's kind of changed you know people have cycled in and out of it but it was a redraft league and it's kind of changed into a keeper league now um, which is obviously, I think that's the easiest transition over to, from redraft to keeper, super easy to do that. Um, and yeah, a lot of the people that I, I was in the league then, and it's a smaller league, but, um, a lot of them are still here and they're still, you know, we're still doing it. We've actually moved like to different States and things like that, but we're all, um, we're all still connected. And, and that's like, obviously one of the best parts about fantasy football is like staying connected with people. You don't really, uh, you might not have a conversation with otherwise and other than in the league chat. And so it's, it's a fun way to stay connected. And so we're still there. We're still going strong. Um, uh, definitely hasn't been as successful as that first season, but you know we'll we'll talk about that some other time. But uh, <laughs> it, it's it's awesome to have a league where you've been with these people for a while and, and just kind of have that connection. I agree with you, and uh, this has been a topic that I've been interested in lately because a lot of people want to get involved in dynasty and yeah. going from redraft mindset to going into dynasty. It's kind of scary. It's kind of mm -hmm. the unknown. When you decided to start playing in other types of leagues, mm -hmm. how did you go about that? And what was your thought process trying to figure out the right leagues to be in? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, it, it definitely was, um, you know, daunting to think about kind of like that full year commitment for a dynasty league. Um, it's honestly not that bad because you, you know, I know it's like full years what they say, but yeah. I, I feel like January to, to April, it's pretty quiet. Like you try to throw out a couple of trades in there, but it, you don't get a lot of activity. Uh, to be honest, it doesn't really ramp up until later in the year. So, um, you know, I, what I what I try to do is I wanted to find a bunch of committed people to, to jump into a dynasty league. I didn't actually know a lot of people that wanted to do dynasty. I think at that point, when I um, obviously listen to different podcasts and, and, and shows and things like that, I probably was a little more committed to fantasy football than some of the other people in my leagues. And so I, I wasn't sure who to, you know, who to reach out to, who, who would want to join the league with me. And that's where I found, uh, I mean, you might relate to this foot clan leagues. And, and this was like back when they said you know, that it was a lot of, it was on Patreon and, and they had um, like a different part of their website that was like a forum almost. And they, you could like post questions and leagues and things like that. Um, and, and so I remember posting, posting it out there and and this dynasty league this first dynasty league is actually still going right now it's my longest dynasty league that i'm in and, and um you know i think that's the the most important part is just finding people that you're committed to and, and things with dynasty i think it's inevitable for people to, to cycle in and out because it, you just find people that might not be as interested anymore they they want to move on and things like that but you know if you can find a good group of you know seven to eight people that that love fantasy football uh, dynasty can be pretty fun because you you kind of keep track of records things like that and trades it's always fun to look back at trades you've made and realize like why the heck did i ever do that and uh you know three years later you're like oh my gosh that was the worst trade ever but um that's the beauty of dynasty i think is because of that continuity year after year so being a part of fantasy football mm -hmm. playing it's one thing putting out content is a whole different ball game when did you decide that you wanted to start putting out content and how did you come across the idea of doing that in the first place? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, back in 2020 is when I kind of first joined the, uh, fancy football space. And it honestly started with Twitter. I don't remember why I created a Twitter account. I think I just wanted to finally follow some of the accounts that, you know, you listen to podcasts, they always plug Twitter 
you know, follow me on Twitter. And so then I ended up creating an account that I wanted to dedicate to, to fantasy football because there's a lot of resources out there. I had no idea how big the community was at that time and how many different content creators there are. I didn't even think that I could become a content creator when I joined it. And so I just created Twitter, started following some accounts and started interacting. I think that's where a lot of people just get started where you ask questions, um, you know, have conversations with people, DMs, things like that. And then I started to just kind of share my thoughts too. Um, you know, not, I, I look back at some of those tweets and it was like, it, some, sometimes it was a little embarrassing. It's like nothing groundbreaking, but it was just me like getting in. I had no idea what I was doing. And then um, shout out to Dynasty Nerds and um, Garrett Price. Uh, he was the, the first person that ever reached out to me and said, hey, do you ever want to be um, a content creator? Do you want to write articles? And, and, you know, at that time, I think they were still um, a newer company. They didn't have as many writers and they've grown a lot since. But uh, they, they gave me the opportunity, the first opportunity to write. And, and from there, it kind of just went on. Um, and, and so I'm honestly super grateful for, for him. Like, he's a really good guy. Um, and and uh, honestly, for anyone that's listening to this and they, they want to get into content creation, Dynasty is one of, the, one of the, uh, the better places to get started, in my opinion. And that's great advice. And you're with a few different places that are all really solid groups of people. How important is it to make sure that like it's a cohesive group when you're you're looking at where you want to write or put out content? Uh, it, it's super important in my opinion. I, you you know this uh, very well too with with us being at the fancy footballers, uh, even starting at the same time. It matters so much to be with a group that you um, can trust and that you can have conversations with and and. Um, because in the end, they're kind of the, the ones that, that are backing you, right? They're the ones that are supporting you. And if you have a good group of people that are willing to invest in you and teach you and, and kind of guide you through what I think is a pretty uh, competitive industry, um, that's, that's how you know you're in a great place. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I've been surrounded by people and I've had opportunities uh, to, to, you know, to have conversations with people that are like that. And, and you know, that's, that goes to, you know, Dynasty Nerds and, and a bunch of people on there. Um, you know, I could list a ton of them and, and then, you know, the fancy footballers. I mean, that's a great group in and of itself. And then some, some great guys at Yahoo as well. So it, it's been, it's been great. And, and, you know, I think that's honestly the, the, the toughest part is to, to establish these connections. But once you have that and you can find people you can trust, um, it, it really uh, makes things a lot easier. And you have like a great resume, like people listening right now that don't know who you are, I'm sure they've seen you around somewhere because you're all over the place. And, but if <laughs> yeah. you don't know who you are, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see you at all these different places. And how did you decide that you wanted to start putting content out at other places and not just in one spot? Yeah, that, I think that was the, I think that was the biggest mental hurdle for me, to be honest. I, um, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this too. But I, the biggest hurdle for me was even starting at a different, at a second company, at a different website, right? And that was the Fancy Footballers. I uh, have always been a fan for them for the longest time, and um, at that time, I was still writing at Dynasty Nerds, and it was honestly just like an article a month. Like I, to me, that was overwhelming. Like one article a month was a ton of work. What I felt like was a ton of work, and I could never imagine even doing like articles weekly. Um, and it's, I think it's just that mental hurdle that you have to get to get through and, 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 you know, trying to take that leap almost. Um, and, and you'll get there. I think it, it, it takes time. It takes practice, but you'll eventually get there. And, and 
it it was honestly around like August or July, and, and you maybe uh, can relate to this. I I heard the fancy footballers were hiring through the podcast, and I thought, you know, like I don't think I'll ever get this. I have like two months of experience. This I don't even know if I should try. <laughs> and and it was actually my wife that that pushed me to to do it because she said, you know, like you've been a fan of theirs for a long time. Like that honestly would be a dream opportunity. And I I said that to myself. I said, you know, well then why, why shouldn't I try it? And so I applied, didn't hear for a month, had no idea. I totally forgot I even applied. And I remember getting that DM from them and, and they've kind of changed the way they, they sh- I think they invite people into their team and things like that. But I got a, a Twitter DM from them. And I was honestly like floored to see that come through with like their icons, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. why would they write me? Like, this is super weird. And, and when I got that, I, I didn't even know, like I was excited, but I wasn't sure if I should take it because I was super nervous about taking on another opportunity. And and I, that, at that point, I hadn't even gone through a full season of writing. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if I had the time. I don't know if I was, if I had the, you know, the ability to write an article once a week. Um, but I, I, I gave it a shot because I, and it goes back to joining people that, that you, that you love to work for and believe in that's how I felt about them. And so that's when I was like, okay, you know, I got to take this, I got to give it a try. And so I, I did it and um, you know, shout out to Kyle, who's always super supportive about all that kind of stuff and, and guiding mm-hmm. you through writing articles. Um, it, it made it easy. And I think it comes down to the, to loving the people you work for, because if you enjoy writing for them or creating content for them, it's a lot easier and it doesn't feel like a burden. And, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me at that time. But having that um, that great experience allowed me to to continue to grow and then go from from there to different places. And I, I love you talking about the DM because I, when I got it, I was like, oh my god, yeah. I can't I can't work for the rest of the day. How am I supposed to? You know, like how am I supposed <laughs> yeah. to do anything today? I'm shaking. Like right. <laughs> what? So yeah, I, I totally. That's that's super awesome that you went from, you know, finding a league through Foot Clan, you know, sticking mm-hmm. with that as where you were, you know doing your doing was it dynasty for the first time right yeah so exactly. it's really cool how it came like kind of full circle where now you're like the guy over there that does like super awesome dynasty <laughs> content tell me uh, uh how is it putting out dynasty content i've never really put out any kind of dynasty content so how is that different in your mind from mm-hmm. putting out redraft content how about that yeah um it's i think it in some ways I think it's easier and, and maybe people I'm sure people listening to this uh, may have done both as well and, and they might have a different experience, but I think it's easier to write dynasty content because you're not necessarily always recapping the previous week and trying to forecast this next week. You're kind of looking ahead beyond that too. And where you, you can kind of have like, um, you know, instead of just projecting one week, you can kind of project out like their slightly their like their next couple of years and you can look at different, you know, things like contracts, um, who's going to be on the roster next year? Are they going to be a free agent? Is, you know, things like that. Um, it's a little easier because you can kind of pick and choose who you want to write about because almost anyone has dynasty value. If you think about it, anyone can increase in dynasty value or decline in dynasty value, but you can't necessarily say that about um, redraft. Like, for example, you know, like Sky Moore, for example, the rookie for the Chiefs, he doesn't have a lot of redraft value right now. Um, you know, some people might hype him up and things like that, but. I, I, I don't know how realistic it is for him to, to really break out um, in the last couple of weeks. And I realized 
comment could backfire when people listen to this and he has like a breakout game or something. But um, that's, you know, that could be an example where he doesn't do much this year and you don't have to do as write as much about him. But in, in Dynasty, you can really project out and say like, okay, this and this could happen and, and you could write paragraphs about it. It, it flows a little easier where I, I struggle with redraft content sometimes because it's, it's so much more about like in the moment, um, you know, look at this matchup, look at this. Um, with Dynasty, you can really expand it in so many different directions. And prior to writing, had you ever done any sort of writing before or put out any kind of content before you jumped into the fantasy football space? I did not. No, no, no. I honestly never viewed myself as a writer. Uh, I I remember, you know, writing papers back in school and things like that in in college (laughs) a little bit, uh, but it's a little different and I think it's a little more casual. So I think that's, that's something, you know, people that want to write have to just remember as well you're not necessarily writing papers so it's not as formal you can honestly share your voice as well and, and I think that's something I've had to learn too over the time and and it was definitely practice like it it took a while even even now I'll be honest with you I struggle to sometimes write paragraphs like when I'm writing about a player I I look at it r- try to write something down and like an hour later I've only written a paragraph like that's legitimately happened so many t- times that writing articles can be a struggle, but it gets better as you practice. And, and I remember that that was the hurdle and the, the, the struggle I had early on with Dynasty Nerds, and it just gets better as you continue to write. So I, I definitely had zero experience. I've done some writing back, you know, years and years ago, but then it kind of just, you know, started to jog my memory and, and it got better and, and a lot faster as, as I, you know, uh, started to write for the fantasy footballers because it was a weekly thing. I actually had pressure to write it every week. So it, it definitely got better from there. And I get that practice does make perfect. Is that the same yeah. for going on podcast as well? That, or what yeah. is your thought process when you first started going on podcast? How, how, how did you go into that? Yeah, I, I love that question. I honestly get super nervous jumping on podcasts. Um, full, you know, full, full transparency. It, it doesn't come naturally to me to be on a mic, to be on a camera, things like that. I think for other people, they just like pop when they're on like camera, like it's so easy for them. And I remember I was, um, I even did this for, for dynasty nerds. I, I did some video content for them. And, and that was like one of the, the most difficult things I had to do because I wasn't as natural on, on the mic. Like I would literally record videos and I would listen to it and I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. Like I need to re-record this again and again. And I think that's like part of me is just being like a slight perfectionist, wanting to get it right every time. And, and it was tough. Like it honestly was to a point where I just stressed myself out. It kind of ruined my day sometimes trying to do that. And it, it got to a point where I just had to practice and practice. And and you kind of find ways that, that to make things easier. I think it's honestly easier to to be on a podcast than it is to record solo videos, you know, but that's where you have to just try these things and find out like what makes things easier. And, and I, and with podcasting specifically back to your question, I always appreciate when people ask me to jump on podcasts because it gives me an opportunity to, to, to practice and, and to have these, you know, almost like conversations with people. And I think that's when it started to get easier is when I just viewed it more as a conversation with someone um, versus like me trying to like, you know, talk about a player and have it be like almost like a presentation of content. It was just a conversation. And I think that's when it's fun, especially when it's like this, where it's just a conversation between two people. And this conversation, I want to hit on a couple of different things, but I want to hit on 
big time on the whole, your wife is being supportive during uh, getting you to, you know, basically giving you yeah. the push to write for the footballers and everything. Mm -hmm. So when you first started putting out content, what was her reaction to that? Um, she was super supportive about it. She'd honestly edit some of my stuff. Like she'd read it and I'd be like, Hey, does this sound good? I'd read her stuff. And, and she, she's a, you know, she loves football. She watches it every Sunday, but you know, obviously like writing content is completely different, but she was patient enough to actually like listen through that, uh, time when I would just like read her paragraphs and say like, does this sound good? Should I change this? Things like that. And so she was honestly super supportive about it. Um, and, and, she, and um, I think at, you know, two years ago, I had no idea where this would even go. Um, and, and I, like, there were so many times where I doubted myself and where I said, you know, I, I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, but she was the one that pushed me. And I think she still, she kind of views it as a more realistic thing where, um, you know, do it if it still brings you joy. And if it comes to a point where it completely stresses you out and you, you're just not happy, you don't want to do it anymore. It's, it's too much of a grind. Then you stop. Because I think that's when, you know, at that point, you have to really understand like why you're doing it. And if it doesn't bring you joy, it, it you know, it, th there's no reason for you to continue. And, and so I think she's in some ways kind of like the voice of reason for me. Uh, she, she's always willing to listen and willing to like uh, be a soundboard. So, uh, you know, she's a huge part of why I'm here and why I continue to do this. And honestly, without her, I probably, like, probably would have quit a year ago or a year and a half ago when, when things were stressful um so yeah uh it's um, that's me rambling but honestly i'm super oh. appreciative for her and she and I, I i hope she knows that oh i'm sure she does i mean no joke I'm, I'm sure she does you you were talking about you know if it doesn't become fun if it's too much of a grind then you can quit yeah. how do you keep yourself grounded and kind of you know chill out a little bit when you've got so much going on yeah i so kind of my like my schedule especially during the season as i try to set boundaries of when i i you know write content and when i take breaks um also i you know like speaking of breaks i think it's super help healthy to just like take breaks between you know when you're writing articles if you can't get it done it's fine to take a break sometimes that that's what helps me kind of refresh my mind you know go on a walk with my dog or something come back and get, have lunch or something and then you know, you, you can kind of come back with a fresh mind, but, um, I, I, at least during the season, I try to write early on in the week because that's when, you know, you know, the games just ended, you have things to write about, but then I really try to, um, you know, take a break Thursday and Friday and to some extent, even Saturdays where I, I'm, you know, for people that follow me on Twitter, I don't post as much on those days. Like I might post something in the morning, share something, but that's it. And then I, I don't go back on Twitter, honestly, for the rest of the day. Cause I just, you know, first of all, like I stop working between there, but then at the same time, I kind of use Saturday as my time to kind of recharge because I know it's going to back to, you know, uh, back to watching football, talking about football after Sunday. So that, that gives me an opportunity to kind of just go, uh, take a break. Um, you know, just, uh, refresh my mind before things get stressful again. Yeah, breaks are important, and yeah, I was going to ask you if you've, when you get creative, you know, you get writer's block, or you can't, yeah. um, so it's it's really good to know that getting a clear mind, getting out and walking your dog, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, I have a Collie, uh, oh, okay. if you think about Lassie, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, uh, it's a tricolor, so it's more black and 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 white than the the traditional like you know blonde hair one. And so yeah, he he's uh, two and a half years old and and keeps me busy, which is super fun. So um, keeps me sane, to be honest. Like it, it's, go. it's good to just have breaks and and hang out with you know with my wife and my dog and then just do things. And so yeah, it's it's great. Do you have any sort of like productivity hacks or tricks? Um, for people that want to get involved with putting out content, that's something maybe you were doing that was, you, you tweaked it over the years and now you've got it pretty perfected and you wish somebody would have to- told you it a long time ago. <laughs> God, that's a great question. Um, I, I think it, I think it's what, what's helped me a ton is to break, you know, let's, I think about writing articles because I think that's what, obviously that's what I do for the, for the most part, when it comes to writing content, I, I, right now, what I do is I try to break it up and not try to do everything in one sitting. And, you know, when I sit down, I might not always finish the article. That wasn't always the case when I first started. I remember when I first started writing articles for dynasty nerds, I would sit down at, you know, let's say 7 p.m. right. Got, got done with work, had dinner, I'm sitting down and you write this article. I would sometimes sit there and, and um, be, be on my computer in front of my computer, which um, is, I don't know if it's healthy to, to be on a computer for that long at that, at, when, when I finished this whole sentence, but I'd be on there until like maybe two or three writing straight. And, and at, sometimes I wouldn't even be done with my article, but I, in my mind, I always told myself, like, I got to get this done. Like, this is how I'm going to feel productive. I have to get this done right now. And that's kind of changed over the years where I, what I do now is, you know, usually, you know, Sundays at the Sunday night football around that time when I'm watching it, I kind of sit down and especially for when I start writing the dynasty report for the fantasy footballers, I started to list out players that I want to highlight things that, you know, players that pop players that broke out, things like that. And I, I write it down on the list. And, and then I kind of think about different things I want to highlight about them. I'm not necessarily writing it down. I'm just like writing different, like, tidbits about each player the players that i want to highlight usually it's like four to six guys and then different facts i want to look into and it, it helped in in doing that because i wasn't necessarily trying to put together like cohesive sentences and i think that's where i struggle not being a natural writer making it a sentence that actually sounds good <laughs> takes so long and i'm, I'm sure you get this oh, and yeah. so that's where i struggle the most and so that's why it helped when i just said okay you know i want to write about stefan Diggs. Um, and then I'd, I'd list out things like, okay, what did he do this past week? Uh, how was his production over the last couple of, you know, a couple of years, things like that. Like, those are just bullet points I would write down. And then I'd maybe talk about like, okay, I, I want to look at his contract situation for dynasty purposes, whatever it is. I'd write those bullet points, but I wouldn't necessarily write them into sentences. So then when I would sit there, you know, Monday night, I'm sure the articles, I kind of already know what I need to do. And it, it comes a lot faster versus if I were just to sit down and try to grind a paragraph or two about Stefan Diggs, it honestly take longer. And so that's where breaking it up and, and back to your point of taking breaks it is super healthy because it, it just doesn't overwhelm your mind, which that, I think that's the biggest struggle for me is to push through when I'm sometimes tired late at night. And, uh, you know, that's when when you're feeling that way, it's probably, you know, time to take a break, too, and, and just say, OK, I'm done for the day. And, and we'll continue tomorrow. Hey, yeah, you. 
that awesome human that's listening to this podcast right now, I'm breaking in for just a moment to let you know that I know you love your fantasy football leagues. I know you do. And I know you want to get something special for the league, whether that be a draft board, a ring, a belt, a championship trophy. There's so many awesome things that you can get for your league. And if you check out Trophy Smack, that's where you need to go to get all that rad stuff. Only place you need to check out. You can go over there right now using the affiliate link in the description, and you can use code GETREALPOD for a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or belt. Note, you must have both the trophy or belt plus the ring in your cart for the discount to apply. All right, now you can get back to listening to this episode. Yeah, the grind the grind culture used to be cool, and now it's kind of like, <laughs> let's it's cool, yeah. but like at the same time, like relaxation's nice too every now and for then. For sure. And, and getting your head out of whatever's going on. <laughs> I, I stopped writing because I was like, I could, I'm very good at getting my point across through talking. And I, here mm-hmm. I am tripping over every question I try to ask. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, maybe you, not. You do an awesome <laughs> job. Seriously, this is great. <laughs> okay. Well, there's my little pep talk in the middle of this episode. So <laughs> I'm back on track. Um, yeah. So watching football and writing things down, taking notes and, and who, what players you want to talk about is important mm-hmm. for putting out your, your dynasty content. You put out the fantasy football dynasty report with mm-hmm. the fantasy footballers. Can you let everybody that's listening know exactly what, what kind of content you put out with that article series? Yeah, uh, definitely. So it's a dynasty focused article where I basically highlight um, four players. Um, so one of the segments is the dynasty stock report, which is four players that I highlight that are kind of trending up or down from a dynasty perspective, guys who, you know, might be doing well and they're kind of, you know, a lot of time rookies breaking out things like that. Um, and so I highlight those guys and kind of uh, give my thoughts on where I think they could be for the next, you know, year or two going forward. Um, and then I, I did recently add a couple of other segments where I take a look at just rookie production specifically, because, you know, that's one of the biggest parts about, uh, dynasty is is you draft all these rookies you're super excited about them they don't always pan out um, that's that's for sure uh, but it's good to have like in my opinion it helps me even to just like track all of them and so I kind of have this like little uh, dashboard where people can just go look and say okay how is you know this rookie doing and and which of these rookies are the most productive and it kind of help you also figure out like who might be on the verge of breaking out so I highlight that and then the last thing that's on there is a prospect watch list where I highlight at least one incoming prospect so it might not necessarily be 2023 it could also be 24 or in some rare cases 25 um so i, I try to kind of give like a, a total view of, of what dynasty players might care about and and hopefully giving them an idea of you know who, who should i invest in what are my picks worth and, and i build that you know dynasty for for many years do you watch college football yeah, I, I do. Uh, tr- that's the thing. It's like it's on Saturdays yeah, too. Right? So I try to, I, <laughs> that's uh, for the most part. So I try to watch as much as I can, especially like in, in the mornings, like the morning games where I'm able to tune in and, and my day hasn't really fully started. So I try to catch those as much as I can. Um, and uh, for the most part, though, it ends up just being more like player um, analysis going forward, where I, I try to dig into specific players. So I don't always watch the full games. For every, like I, there are some people out there that do this and you know a lot of respect a ton of respect for those people the the Debbie community out there that do that that's not me so I, that's why yeah. I try to keep it dynasty focused where I just dig into players specifically um and and sometimes I may not have even watched a game of a player like their last game 
But then like when I'm writing the dynasty report, that's why I look back at it and, and like try to find, you know, film on them or try to dig into what they did over the last couple of weeks. And so it's, but yeah, if you're doing Devi, huge respect because it's <laughs> yeah, right. of it's another world you have to dig into. <sighs> Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more power to you guys for real and right. gals. And I mean, yeah. it's crazy how many different types of fantasy football there is, and how many different types of players mm -hmm. there are, and mm -hmm. how people's mindsets go. So, what is your favorite format to play in, and or maybe settings and rules that you really like to be a part of yeah. your league? I think it's got to be Dynasty for me. I, um, I guess a lot of my content is Dynasty related, so I, I love digging into prospects and. And kind of you know draft season which is coming up here in like a you know a few months which is crazy um i love doing that and, and so that's why I, I think dynasty is one of my favorite formats because there's kind of that continuity i think i, I still play in like keeper and redraft leagues which are super fun too because it, it, it kind of changes things up the the best part about those formats honestly is that you can invest in players that you usually wouldn't have in dynasty like for example this year was one of the first years i've actually had jonathan taylor on the team never had him in dynasty which is super sad, um, but was able to invest in him this year, which of course he gets injured. And, and that's like a whole different story, but um, that's, you know, I try to keep uh, a variety of each one, uh, but dynasty is my favorite and mainly because of that foot clan league that I first started, that's still around. And, you know, I have a couple of those. So um, it, it's just the fact that you can continue to do this for many years with, with the same people, which is honestly um, super fun. It, it's so fun so fun another fun thing is that recently this in the 2022 is what year this is right now but yes, yeah yeah 2022 and some exciting things happened with you including getting on with yahoo so mm -hmm. how did that process go about and what exactly do you do with your work over at yahoo yeah yeah definitely just started this year and um i've kind of had um, conversations with with Matt Harmon in the past, and it wasn't anything too, uh, you know, anything too substantial. Like I, I we weren't we weren't like chatting every week and anything like that. But I've had conversations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we, you know, I just had conversations with them back when I first started. They invited me on for like a community segment, um, where they, I, they've, we've had so many people from the industry on there where they just jump on uh, for five minutes on their Sunday show. And I did that back in 2020 and I, you know, they've kind of kept track of my work and I've always known that they sometimes hire writers and things like that. And so in the summer I've, I came in contact with one of their content, their content manager. And uh, they mentioned like, Hey, there's the, you know, there's a couple of opportunities here. Um, would you want to, to apply for it or try, give it a try? And um, again, this kind of goes back to back in 2020 when I like had to take that leap of saying, okay, I'm going to write, now article every week with the fancy footballers, which before that I was only doing like one or two every couple months, things like that. This was another leap for me where I wasn't sure if I ha wanted to do it um, mm -hmm. because it would be another article to write. I And this is like one, one of my things where I, I love routine and finding that rhythm of things. And with the fancy footballers, I found that where it was, you know, you got that one article a week, you know, in the off season's a little slower. You got, you got a little more time to do things and freedom to do what, what you want. And then you're back into the season. And so I did that for two seasons and that was great. And so adding Yahoo was another uh, hurdle to overcome, but I've, you know, it goes back to trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this opportunity, with these opportunities. Like, I honestly don't know 
what this is going to look like a year from now. But I, I kind of thought that it, it, I almost had to give it a try with Yahoo, even though I didn't necessarily know if I would get it, if they would, if they would even want me on their team, but I applied anyways and, and it worked out and they, they were super supportive about it too. And, and so credit to Yahoo because they said, you know, give it a try. We'd love to have you on, but if it if you feel super stressed and you're overwhelmed within the first couple of weeks, we can we can stop. You don't have to do this anymore. And and I don't know if a lot of you know content managers and and, and companies out there would do that. And so I, I really appreciate that that they did that for me. And and so I gave it a try for the first few uh, you know first month or so. It was definitely stressful. But I kind of once again got into that rhythm. You kind of get used to it, and it's still stressful. But I, I I love working with that the editing team there. It's a different platform. It's a completely different platform than the fantasy footballers. Different people you interact with, like consumers. I mean, like they're they're more casual players than they are like committed Foot Clan members. And, and so it, it's kind of fun to to have that variation. It's redraft content too, and not dynasty content. So that's. That's fun too. So it's, yeah, going back to what I do for them, it's mainly just an article a week where I highlight um, kind of like a, a usage metric that I, um, that I calculate every week and, and um, focus on some of the most productive players. And, and I give like a summary on like five or six players every week, uh, but it's more redraft focused. So it's more about like, Hey, this is what they did last week. You know, here's what they're going to do hope this week. And, and so it's different than, than what I do with the ballers. You put out awesome content, and um, I know when I first put out content, I was a little nervous. And well, when your first article came out and was published, do you remember how you felt and what was going on? Yeah, I was. I was honestly super excited, and I remember. I remember the day because I had no idea this would even happen. But when they when they post and post your article, apparently. And, and this, this is terrible because I don't have any leagues on Yahoo. So I don't actually have their app <laughs> <laughs> on, on like on my phone or anything yeah. like that, uh, which yeah, that's, that's my bad. Um, but um, apparently my article gets pushed out with a notification. And I've had I've had people reaching out to me that day when that first article came out. And they said, is this you? Because it actually had my name on it. And it was super surreal and weird to have an app actually like, share my work. Like that That is so yeah. weird to me because I never ever thought that that would ever happen at any point when I first started two years ago. And it was super cool because then I actually heard from random people that I've never, you know, haven't heard from in like five, six years. And they'd reach out and say, is this you? Uh, and then they now, <laughs> you know, they feel like they can ask me for fantasy advice now yeah. every week, which is great, of course. Um, so it was fun. It, it's, it's a cool thing. And, and it honestly was kind of a surreal feeling that to have that happen. I was going to ask, how do your friends take the fact that you're putting out fantasy content? To, do they all come to you and, and one's, you know, hitting you up and another one's texting you and so on and so forth? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that it's not super intense, <laughs> thankfully, like they, they understand like there are boundaries, too. But they I, I do have a couple people that reach out and they're, you know, people that reach out on Twitter and DMs. And I always appreciate that because I they don't have to ask. For my advice the fact that they even value my advice is you know awesome and so um it, it's kind of great because i was able to reconnect with people i haven't heard from in a while and um in that sense it's great and and um you know they, they there are definitely a few people that that reach out though they, they're like hey who do i start and and who, who would you take in this trade which is always great 
Are you a fan of, of trading in dynasty? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the, I'm the guy in your dynasty team that will bother you with trades. Like every couple months I'll, tr I'll send a couple trades out, um, and, and try to get something going. I'm, I'm sure my league mates hate me, but <laughs> it's, I, I love it. Cause I think it's fun. It just kind of changes things. And I, I, I feel like every year I kind of cycle through my roster because I trade I try to trade as much as I can, <laughs> yeah. and and obviously with like you know rookie picks and, and stuff, there's just a lot of ways to do it. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I definitely love trading. How about you? Because I know you play in a lot of dynasty leagues. Do you feel the same way about yeah. trading? I I do. I'm in a trade addicts league, so like there's okay, all right. never like we don't stop trading. So it's just like, all of that. you yeah. know, my team looks completely different. Um, yeah, no, I, I do. I like the art of training. I like trying to like mm -hmm. figure out what people like and what they don't like and what I can offer in the future and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot different than I thought it would be. I was really nervous about, you know, joining dynasty because I was scared about the trading aspect of it. Yeah. Redraft, you don't see very many trades happen. And so I was a little, you know, nervous but it's it's real fun mm -hmm. it's real fun uh yeah how do you uh go into trades do you do you like to try to talk with people back and forth do you like just send it you know like a cold offer out to send it and wait and see what if you hear back or how do you go about figuring out how you want to trade yeah uh it depends on the person i'm training with there are some that that honestly just want like the cold offers and i get that um but I actually like discussing with people because I, I think when you're trying to trade, and, and this is something when people ask me for trade advice, I always tell them like every league is different. Every person values players differently. Uh, there are, you know, some uh, super fans out there that probably value their their home team's players like a ton, right? And so mm -hmm. you have to figure that out and gauge the value of those guys. So I, I love conversations with that and, and DMing and saying like, hey, how do you value this player? Um, who do you want for, for this guy? Things like that. And, and you generally find like, when you do that, I feel like you end up finding more values in trades where you might find out, Oh, this guy actually doesn't like him. Like I actually want this guy like, on my team. And he's just like, I'm just going to throw him in. I'm like, yeah, do it. Let's, let's, okay. let's get this done. <laughs> and, and so that that's where it's always fun to have these conversations because everyone views dynasty differently. Everyone views players differently. Guy, I literally had a conversation with someone who, didn't care about a player's age at all in dynasty, which, you know, to some extent should be the case. Right. But their yeah. guys were like, um, I think he was trying to trade me. I can't remember who it was. It was someone like in their late twenties and thirties in the running back. position. I'm like, yeah, they, their value shouldn't be that high, but they're like, yeah, they're still putting up points. You know, I, I want a first rounder for them and everything. I'm like, you know what? More power to you. But those are, you know, you won't find that out unless you have those conversations. And when you yeah. just like get a rejection from a trade, you won't ever know why they rejected it. So it's mm -hmm. always, I think it's always good to have conversations if you can. Yeah. I'm so all over the place when it comes to that, because I'm like, yeah. sometimes I want to talk it out. And then sometimes I know it's going to take forever and we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, yep. it's like, okay. So it is, it, you do have to get to know people and kind of figure out Mm -hmm. you know what you can and can't get away with <laughs> um, right exactly <laughs> do you have any packers players on your rosters that you on dynasty rosters that you're like yeah th that's my guy from the packers that's gonna stay on yeah i mean for the longest time it was Devonte adams yeah i had him in, in a ton of leagues <laughs> and i actually yeah. i made the mistake of trading him away in a lot of uh, leagues this year because i'm like okay he's getting older he's going to a new team it's not gonna work out and obviously he's what is he like a top five wide receiver again? So, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's on me for making that move. But now I, I think a lot of it is on, um, 
on Aaron Jones. I have a few Aaron yeah. Jones shares out okay. there, um, and he's having you know a solid year. Uh, but I kind of also know like he's kind of on the tail end of his career, so it's it's kind of sad yeah. to see. But I've I've had him in in, in one of my I've actually had him since that kind of that rookie year, and I think that's why it's so fun is because you you don't always start him right away. And I remember like mm-hmm. there was all these frustrations about you know why aren't they giving him more touches? Why isn't he being used? Why is Jamal Williams always in there taking the goal line carries? And then now you know we're seeing him kind of become the guy, and he's been for the you know a couple of years now for several years, so it's it's kind of fun that way. Yeah. And that's the beauty of dynasty is yeah. yeah. You might not, you might, you might not get to start him or feel like, yeah, but give him a little bit of time. The young guys, yeah, give them. And yeah. I have CD lamb on a couple of my dynasty rosters. There you go. I'm like, yeah. there we go. I got him and I'm keeping, I'm holding on. Sorry. Um, yep. <laughs> so 2020 was a tricky year for a lot of people. Cause I mean, we had a pandemic that's mm-hmm. come, rolled in and yeah. all this stuff. So uh, how was putting out content when there's a global pandemic going on? Like, do you have, did you have to kind of change the way you're putting out content? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a tough time for everyone. So it, it obviously mm-hmm. had an effect on, on all of us. And, and um, for me, it was uh, in, in some ways, you know, thankfully I was able to work from home um, with my job. And so that, that made things a little easier. And, and in some ways I was able to like, uh, you know, you know, for, for better or for worse, I was able to be on Twitter a little more than I probably should have been and things like that. And so being home helped in that sense. And like to be able to dive into writing articles a little bit, um, where, you know, th- now that things are starting to, you know, get back to the way things were before. And you know, I don't ever think it'll be back to the way it was, but, you know, getting back to trying to, to things that are a little more normal, um, you know, it definitely changed things. I realized, you know, I'm, Hey, I'm actually going into work, which is, you know, super weird after, uh, you know, being home for so many years and things like, you know, a couple of years at least. Um, and then it kind of changes your schedule because you, I, I think during the pandemic, uh, the toughest part was, I think, I'm sure many people feel this way. If you work from home, being in front of this computer right now for work and mm-hmm. then being back here to write for an mm-hmm. article was super tough because I couldn't ever kind of break up my day um, where I was so tired from work and then I'd have to come back here and write an article for a couple of hours. Um, it, I still kind of feel that way sometimes now, even when coming home, right? Driving home and then getting into, you know, writing an article and things like that and creating content. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it was tough kind of not having that break where it would just be like straight from the, you know, from here back right here after like just grabbing some water and, and you got to write the article because it's due the next day. Yeah. Um, so it was tough. It was tough. And, and I'm sure a lot of us kind of had that mental challenge of, of, you know, for, for many reasons. I mean, I, honestly, writing a, a, an article is like the least of my worries back then. Right. And, and for, yep. for many people that would have been like the best thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I definitely don't take it for granted, but it, it was definitely more challenging and, and for, for many reasons then. Yeah. I mean, I started doing a a lot more during the pandemic when it first started because putting out more content because I was like, yeah, I have all the time in the world. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have all the time in the world anymore. So yeah. yeah. And you did see like a big rise in content being put out during that time at the the start where everybody Mm -hmm. was trying to find their voice, trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And and so that's pretty cool too. I mean, at least a little bit of good came out of it. Um, So I want to know 
because we've been talking a lot about putting out content, but I want to know mm-hmm. what kind of content do you like to take in? What kind of stuff do you like to absorb, whether that's fantasy football or you like to read and watch or listen to whatever about other things? Yeah, I've actually found myself consuming content and not just even for fantasy football um, or you know sports related. It's for anything really. Like I love watching content on YouTube. Um, I, I, and I think it's, I think part of it is the audio version of it. Just even podcasts. I, I listen to that whenever I can, cause it's easier to, when you're in the car, when you're at work, whenever, you know, doing different things, but then also just turning it on in the background and like having it on, on the TV or something, it, it's kind of entertaining. And especially when it's like, you know, just, um, you know, I think the dollars do this a really good job of it where it's like great quality content on, on YouTube and it's just fun to, to watch it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just listen to it. So I, I actually do a lot of content consuming on, on YouTube and even just beyond sports, you know, like movies, things like that, reviews, whatever, uh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like, you know, like the Marvel movies and things like that. So like a lot of that stuff like ends up on YouTube, you can watch that. So, you know, that that's where I've gravitated towards. And I think that's where a lot of content is shifting too. Um, but, you know, that and podcasts are definitely it. Um, which sounds terrible because I write articles. So I try to read as much as I can, but honestly, it's just yeah. sometimes easier to listen to it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I know people really like articles because it's easy to get that content and they can just scroll yeah. to what they need to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it does suck that like more and more is leaning in one direction and writing's kind of going the way yeah. that Dodo over it. But hopefully yeah. people like you, you know, get more people inspired to read yeah. content, put out content and all of that. Yeah. And you brought up Marvel movies. I... I'm a bad person because I've never seen Marvel movies or know anything about <laughs> Marvel, fine. but I know that the people yeah, yeah, listening yeah. are probably going to yeah. like stone me, but, um, <laughs> and because they all, I mean, no offense. I think fantasy football and Marvel, I, 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 you get these superhero leagues going on. You get all this fun stuff. Yeah, so we're right. all nerds in our own ways, <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's all nerdum, right? <laughs> nerdum. I love it. Yeah. I, I yeah. But I want to know, well, I don't want to know, but I'm sure everybody listening wants to know what your favorite Marvel movie is. Wow, that's a good question. Um, uh, I mean, it probably has to be the Avengers Infinity War, which I don't know. You probably, you mentioned you haven't seen any movies. But it was one of the bigger <laughs> movies back in like, was it 2017, 2018? Yeah, probably. I know uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of it. And so I think that was one of them. And and it just because it was kind of a culmination of everything. So I had I, I, that because I remember kind of the experience of being in theaters and everyone was cheering and things like that. Like it, it was a, it honestly was one of the, few movies I, I went to where people were super hyped about it um you know you still watch movies and, and people enjoy it but it was kind of a different experience being in theaters then i think my thing with never have watched one is i'm just not a big movie watcher anyway and yeah. nowadays i really am not yeah. i don't have time or whatever i want to yeah. watch a 20 minute tv show or, or listen to a 30 minute podcast or something yeah. so uh, yeah, i get that i get that <laughs> one yeah one day um, but I've never even seen the Harry Potter movies either. People give me a hard time for that as well. So I'm just like, whatever. I know. Yeah. I mean, if you want to watch those, I feel like you almost have to dedicate like a whole weekend for it. It takes, yeah. takes up so much time because I'm what, eight movies, right? So it's it, it's a lot of time to, to commit to. It'll be all right. We could, if we could binge watch Stranger Things or whatever, we could, you know. Hey, yeah, that's a good one. doing that. Yeah. So like, why not? Right. Um, so besides Marvel movies, are there any other hobbies or things that you enjoy watching or listening to um, when you have the free time to do so? Yeah. Um, yeah. In general, I, you know, I love 
watching movies. So it's not necessarily just Marvel movies too. Like I, I love being able to sit down and just, you know, kind of have this, you know, moment of like an hour or two hours where you kind of just like consume a movie. And especially if it's a good one, it's fun to just sit down and hang out. Um, some Something my wife and I like to do when, um, you know, the weekends or even just like at the end of a work days, be able to sit down and, and consume, you know, some kind of movie or, or TV show content, things like that. Um, you know, that's something we love to do. And, and, you know, um, but yeah, as far as content consumption, I think that's it. And, and really, um, I feel like a, it sounds terrible, but a lot of it is sports too. It, it just ends up being sports because it's like podcasts and things like that. It takes up so much time that most of my free time ends up being listening all that to all that. I, I think I read somewhere that you enjoy traveling. Is that correct? I, that is true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, part of it is because I grew up somewhere else. So I have to travel yeah. to go see family, but I, I love going to different cities and kind of just exploring uh, new areas. Do you have a favorite spot that you like to go to a favorite city or yeah. area of the world that you like? Um, You know, I, I think this is, I've, so I've been to the city once um, it's in London. I've been there once and it was, um, it was like right before the pandemic, actually, like 2019, you know, holiday season 2019. So right before everything, you know, ah. went down. So last trip before that. And, and I remember I went with, um, I went with family. I was visiting family over in Europe and, and we went there, but it was so overwhelming because I was with other people that like my wife and I couldn't even do all the things we wanted to do. So that's like something like I love being there. I love the culture. I loved just and part of it is just because it, it was easy to communicate to because it was English and like if I went to a different mm -hmm. country it'd be a little more difficult to to you know communicate I wouldn't know the language as well um, so it was fun to just be there the culture the different sites and all that uh, I want to go back and, and that's something like I've always told myself like I want to go back there spend some time it's just me and my wife or and and just you know explore like I love doing that but we couldn't really do a lot of that because with family members getting tired they just want to go here and there and they just want to grab food I'm like we're actually here. Let's do something, you know, yeah. different. So, yeah. I get that. I, we go on trips sometimes with people and they have their own like agenda and I'm like, that's yeah. not what I want to do. What I don't right, understand. Right. And this is supposed to be fun for me. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> traveling, is there a place that you haven't been that you would like to visit? Yeah, I would love to go to like, um, um, I'd love to go to Japan or, or even, you know, like Seoul, Korea, South Korea would be super fun. Like that culture over there. Like, first of all, their food looks amazing. I would love to just uh, eat some authentic food there and, and, and um, just immerse in that culture. I, I've never been in that part of the world. And so that's something I, I would love to get to at some point and kind of just experience that. I've heard, you know, good things from the people that have traveled there and spent time. But it definitely is one of those things where like where I'm at right now, traveling over there is going to take so long. Like I want to plan it out and, and be there for right. at least over a week because it's, you know, when you're already over there, you might as well stay for a while. Yeah, you need a, a little bit of time to take everything in. So yeah, definitely can't exactly. be a short trip. No, um, no, it's not a weekend trip, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing I read all this on your Yahoo bio because I have Yahoo written underneath it. So I'm guessing that's the, <laughs> the um, but it yeah. also said on there that you like to play board games. Is that factual or are they lying to me? That, so I did write that bio. So it's definitely okay, factual. Okay, so are you <laughs> lying to me? Okay, that's factual. Okay. De definitely, definitely factual. I love, I love playing board games. 
Um, and that's something we, you know, we love to do with friends. We have game nights, things like that. It's a good way to just catch up with friends. And it's at, at times just casual too. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we love doing that and just, um, you know, sometimes we even have like cabin trips where you just go with friends and we end up just bringing board games and that's what we do. Cause it's, it's pretty easy to, it's easy to do. It doesn't take up much of your mind and, and at times, and it's just able to good time to just hang out with people and, and catch up. For sure. And I had Paul Charchian on here and he's like the board game like guru, right? And we yeah. were talking board games for, for like 30 minutes on here. No big deal. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to talk to you for 30 minutes about board games, but do you have yeah. a favorite board game that you enjoy playing? Yeah, I, um, there's so, there's quite a few. I, so there's this, um, uh, there's a card game call, called Monopoly. So there's Monopoly, right? But there's a okay. variation of it called Monopoly Deal, which is super easy to play it's fast it's with with actual cards um and you, you kind of do the whole thing of like trying to assemble properties and things like that but it, it's a lot faster so you think about monopoly games like people talk about playing that for hours and hours this might mm -hmm. take you like 20 30 minutes so it's actually fun to be able to do that with with friends where um you know you're playing through it it doesn't take too long um so that's a fun one to do i think there are a handful of other ones that i that i like but yeah that's probably up there um Especially, I, I like the games that don't take as long. Every now and then, those are fun. But when you have like you know just an evening with 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 people to hang out, you don't want to take like a whole two three hours of just like playing one board game too. So, and you brought up uh, your job that you have during the day before you come mm -hmm. in and put all your your fantasy <laughs> cons. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you do in the daytime when you're working? Yeah, so I work in finance for um, Best Buy. So everyone knows Best Buy. They're based here in in uh, in the Twin Cities here in in, um, in Minnesota. So they their headquarters is here, and so I work in the finance department for them, an analysts. So that's what I end up doing. And uh, you know, I talked a little bit about just spending time in front of a computer. That's pretty much what I do. So it ends up being like a lot of like um, analysis, numbers, forecasting, things like that for for their. Uh, for their finance team and and uh um it yeah it's very much like a nine to five job which you know has its benefits but at the same time it it that's where i mentioned like it can be so draining to do that and not have this like flexible schedule and then come home and you have to be on the computer again to, to write right uh, but you know i appreciate it obviously it, it's it's a it, it's i obviously enjoy it to some extent otherwise i wouldn't be doing it um but it, it's it's definitely um fun too and and i'm also kind of a fan of tech anyways and yeah, I was, the, to dive into that is cool i was noticing that maybe uh i w was gonna ask if your job your nine to five if it has helped with your writing like kind of taking mm -hmm. things from working there over with your fantasy content yeah i, I think that does and and um when i first started writing any form of content i wasn't really sure what to dive into because there's you know you know this there's so many ways to, to to contribute in the space you could do film you could do analytics you could do podcasting video content you know so so many different social media platforms to be uh, to produce in. and and so for me i gravitate towards analytics for the most part because of my day job i kind of have to do a lot of that stuff throughout the the day and so it kind of was a natural transition it wasn't the first thing i tried i tried to dabble in a little bit of film but i was like you know to make it easier myself why not just do what comes more natural and what makes sense to me and i know it's not for everyone uh and and everyone kind of views it differently but um 
that that definitely helped just kind of having that background a little bit because you know you kind of think about you know uh finance and like fantasy value right like it's a number like it, it there you there are ways to kind of quantify the the value of a player um and so that kind of helped in transitioning into that um especially early on it's awesome yeah it, it's really cool to see how a lot of people take their regular I call them boring jobs because I have a boring job, but they're regular <laughs> jobs and kind of use yeah. tips and tricks from there and kind of intertwine things. So it's real cool to see that. And it, what else is really cool is the fact that you have all this amazing content for people to read and you're all over the place. And it's just, it's crazy to me that I'm even talking to you right now because you got so much on your plate and the fact that you even made some time to come on. I'm trying oh to think gosh, of yeah. all the stuff I can say to you and ask you right now while I have you here so that, <laughs> you know, just don't want to forget anything. But really, you know, I, I wanted to know more about putting out content side of things. I, I know we're talking more about like, what do you like to do for fun? But really with the content, I know the content is fun. And mm -hmm. when you are in front of a camera or you're on a brand new show, or mm -hmm. anything like that. And I know you said that, you know, podcasting wasn't really, you know, it wasn't, you were writing. So guesting on exactly. podcasts is a little. So when you do go into that, how do you prepare for it? Do you just go into it blindly or how does it work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so going back to being super nervous and from uh, jumping on a podcast, um, I, always try to prepare as much as I can beforehand. So I'm one of those people that has like notes on the side. So I'd have something like on this side and then like you're, you're focusing on the people you're talking to. So I definitely do that as much as I can. So when, especially when it's like a, you know, a podcast where you're recapping weeks and forecasting things like that, like I um, have blurbs and, and different facts of players. I, I almost have to do that because I, otherwise I'd stumble over my words a ton and I would completely lose my train of thought, which uh, it just, you know, be terrible. And um, that's where it comes back to, you know, some people, it just comes so naturally, like they could literally talk about players so smoothly. And, 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 you know, that's like, that's a skill in and of itself that I mm -hmm. just don't have. And when, you know, people that can just do that, and they like retain some of these facts and things like that. So easily, I'm not like that. So I try to write as much as I can, uh, you know, blurbs on the side that I can uh, refer to. Um, and, and so, you know, part of that is it was awesome kind of jumping on this podcast where I could just kind of be myself and not have to have all these <laughs> yeah, facts about players. Little, come, exactly. come, come be on the show and yeah. kind of relax and not have to worry about that. Yeah. So <laughs> and go back to what you said. It's, it Honestly, like I, it was so easy to find time for this because I, I want I appreciate what you do. And so being on here is is honestly, it's my pleasure, you know, even though you're saying like you, it's you know, talking to me, like, honestly, it, it goes both ways. So I appreciate that. And, you know, no, this is a podcast about you. Stop giving me compliments. <laughs> I said that, I say that to what, Seth a couple episodes ago. I was like, listen, so <laughs> anyway, enough about me, more about you. Okay. Yeah. We're going to focus more on the writing aspect because yeah. you are, I'm not, you are a very, very awesome writer. Like I really like reading your content because you you come off as an intelligent, you are an intelligent guy, but the article comes off like you're not trying to dumb down too much for people because sometimes mm -hmm. you see that and you're like, really? That's your sleeper? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they're over here trying to sell me on Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Like, I don't need that. I need somebody <laughs> yes. to give me more information. Um, when you right. go to go into putting out the, the content for people, how do you balance putting out content for like your 
master dynasty gurus mm -hmm. and the normal guy who's like me and everybody else who's just out here trying to have fun and we're not like overthinking things yeah i so i when whenever i try to put together content i always try to keep it as you know not, not too simple i try to put any you know acts as i can but i um and this kind of goes back to what i said like i i run through my wife sometimes like i read things <laughs> to her and i say like hey does this like when you read this, like, are you overwhelmed? Like, is this too much? And, and, and it helps to have that sounding board. And what I do sometimes is I read through the paragraphs that I write again. And this probably sometimes takes me longer than it should to write an article is because I read it again and try to, to see like, does it flow? Does the story make sense? Like it, to me, it always has to be like, when you're writing about player, like it shouldn't just be like listing a bunch of facts because when you do that, anyone could technically do that. But I, I want to make sure like what I'm saying, like there is a purpose to it. So you know, when you're talking about like CD Lamb, having an awesome year, right? He kind of had a little bit of, you know, quiet, like middle of the season, doubt. now he's back, you know, crushing it. And so what can you say about him that kind of leads into like a dynasty story of like Dak is going to be there for many years. He He's the number one wide receiver. What happens if, they, you know, like all those things, like I try to make it into more of a story um, where it's it's like what what what's happening now how does that affect next year and you know just that's more dynasty but kind of like having that flow train of thought like flow together where it's not just copy as it it is and that sometimes is the the, the biggest struggle is to make sure it's not just like you know let's throw a bunch of facts and in, in to this article and like have people read it because um a lot of times that can you know to your point like a lot of the casual readers they might get overwhelmed they're like what the heck is all of this like this doesn't make sense um right. but you put sense. it in a sense where <laughs> <laughs> right and so when you put it into a, like a form of like hey you need a like these all these facts kind of tell us that he's on the field a ton or uh he's getting open a lot and and or he's very efficient even though he's getting like 30 snaps a game or 20 snaps like those are things like the the numbers tell a story and to be able to tell that i think is the toughest part but i try my best to do it and it, it is i know it's not always it doesn't i'm sure it doesn't always come across as smoothly but i at least try to do that as best as i can no, I like it. I like the numbers telling the story. That's nice. So <laughs> I know I've been jumping all over the place, but that's just how my brain works. I just jump no, all good. over the place. Good. I, I, be, before we go, I, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything else that you would write about maybe in the future that's not just fantasy football? Is there any other topics that you've ever thought about writing about? Uh, I love that question. I think it would have to be movie content you know super weird I, I i don't know if i'd ever get into that but i um it, there's pockets of communities out there there are communities for everything right i mean think about right. like the fancy community most people don't even know it exists but it's there right there there's a community out there of, of like people that love watching movies that love you know marvel movies harry potter movies whatever it might be and and so i've you know seeing people write about stuff like that it's fun because it's another thing that brings me joy and it always comes back to that. So if I had to find something, it probably would be that. Honestly, not sure if it if I'd ever have time or if I'd ever <laughs> find an opportunity to to do that. But it would be super fun um, mm -hmm. uh, to dive into that. Maybe we can get you to put an article or two out just to test the waters, see what people <laughs> if people. Are. Yeah, hey, that's that's you know? kind of how the fancy football thing got started, right? So yeah, you never I know. Think most people get started. You just throw it out there and, and hope someone finds it. <laughs> 
Well, I hope you don't ever have time to do that because I really enjoy your fantasy football content and I would hate for anything to take away from that. Can you go ahead, um, Marvin, one more time before we say goodbye, I want you to go ahead and just tell everybody where they can find you and also plug your stuff. Yeah. um, Thanks for having me again um, so much. This this has been great, but you know, people can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. Anything I do ends up on there anyways. And um, you'll you'll find at least for the rest of the season have weekly articles that come out on Wednesdays for the Dynasty Report that's on the Fantasy Footballers, and then uh, my my usage and efficiency article that comes out on Thursday that's a more of a redraft article that's on Yahoo Fantasy. So um, that's uh, that's pretty much it for now. And then there's going to be some off season content probably coming up, but I'm not going to worry about that because that's still months away and I need a break. So we'll <laughs> we'll figure that out then. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Everybody go make sure you're, you're checking out Marvin's content and following him on Twitter and make sure you just tell me that, you know, you listen to the podcast, tell Marvin, you listen to the (laughs) podcast. So we know that you really care. Um, and make sure you come back next week or whenever for another episode of Gary with Casey Gaysom. Make sure you stay red.